Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? This is David over at the Fantasy Salary Captains Podcast. I'm joined by Matt Baker this uh, fine afternoon. Uh, long-awaited uh, reunion on the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. What's going on, Matt? How are you? I'm sad. <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell the listeners why you're sad. What, what is, what's going on, man? The Bruins lost Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final last night at home. Uh, may Damn. come as a surprise to everyone, but I am a Bruins fan as well. And yeah, here come all the, you know, you've had enough championships, but no, I haven't. There's never enough. So it's not game seven at home. I think the Bruins were overall a much better team uh, on paper. But the Blue, I mean, the Blues, the Blues blew them out last night. It wasn't a game and the Blues deserved it. They played well the whole series. Definitely deserve. I'm just. It's frustrating as a, the Bruins. I know there's probably not a lot of hockey carryover for people listening, but the Bruins have a core that has been together since they won the cup uh, in 2011. They've been back to two Stanley Cups since then and have lost both of them. And this was kind of well known as their last last run with that core group. So they've got a lot of young talent and a lot of up and coming stars, but. To get that close and lose is just really tough. It's hard to get back in that league. So in Boston, like, where would you go and get a pie? Or would you yeah. go to a corner store? A pie? A pie, yeah. I'm you know, like a bakery? Of, I don't know for I guess, what. I guess, like, what. What do you I mean guess by a bakery? Pie? Yeah, like an apple bakery? pie, pumpkin pie, apple Boston pie, cream pie. Boston yeah. cream pie, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, you I just mean, go to the corner and... No, I make them. You would make them, okay. Gotta make would you pie. also make a humble pie? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> listen, it seems like seems like listen. Boston's got a little humble pie they're feeding. No, you know, it's sports. Been, I mean, hey, the, y'all been running the, running the show in the NFL. Yep. And you guys went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. It's just not really fair for somebody like myself who I, I I'm an Anaheim Ducks fan. I'm an Anaheim Ducks Ducks fan. Ducks have had some good runs. 2003, some, that was one of the best goaltending one of the yes. best goaltending performances I've ever seen is J.S. Jaguar. Yeah, oh, they're, they're great. I, 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 lo- I love my teams, but... But don't, you know. I mean, people think that I'm like, listen, I was lucky to be born where I was born. That's all it comes down oh, to, right? God, that's... So don't, no, seriously, don't get mad at me for liking these teams. It's not like no, nobody's mad at you for liking their teams. No, they are. You got like, are... you got you got to rep your team, man. You got to rep your town. But that's you know, you also got to like... you got to take the good with the bad. You got to take I the do. bad. You got to you got to accept it. I do accept it. Yeah. I said a minute ago, the Blues were better. The Blues deserved it. Um, the, the, it. it it hurts, though. And to get that far, I mean, you invest so much in it. Yeah, okay, I'm spoiled. So what? I'm still going to get it. It's not like I'm not going to get excited or upset about it. You should get excited and upset. That's the beauty I was. of sports, man. It is the That's beauty the of sports. So people get mad. You know, it's not fair. Well, talk to my parents because they're the ones that decided to conceive me in Boston. I mean, I've, what, what do you want me I'm gonna to have do? To. I'm going to have to write them a letter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Write Bobby and Debbie a, a strongly worded letter about yeah. Bobby, Bobby and Debbie. But like okay. I don't know. Okay, so hey, like, what do you want me to do? Not like my teams? Be like, oh, like, we win too like much. I need to find. I'm a just new saying. Team to I'm just saying. Forward. I haven't. I haven't even 
my teams haven't gone to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals or the NFL playoffs in recent memory with a with a legitimate sh- chance to win. Um, and that, that it, sucks, it's been man. a while. And you guys but are always in it. You you have a yeah. team from Boston every single year that's in it for some sport. And right. that's I think it's great. I think it, I think it's awesome. And even though they didn't win, at least you're paying attention to hockey at this time of year. When most yeah, fans I, most fans are not. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of a hardcore hockey fan. I'd be watching regardless. I love hockey. I watch the whole playoffs, but um I'm a I'm a realist and I know that someday in the not too distant future the universe is gonna straighten itself out and it can we're gonna suck for a long time so i've been really lucky the first 30 years of my life uh so i'm enjoying it but that's why i get upset when we don't it's like i want to stack them all up because i feel like we're in for a an epic um what, what do they call it a market what do they call it on wall street market adjustment yeah we're, we're in for a big one in boston so anyhow that's it. People are done listening to me talk about Boston sports. No, it's cool, man. Honestly, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. We've we've both been busy. Um, it's uh, it's good to kind of get back on the mic and talk about what's uh, the goings on in the sports world uh, since there isn't any NFL to talk about. But we do. We are a fantasy football podcast. So we definitely have to talk about. Um, something regarding salary salary cap fantasy football and and we uh we do have a topic and a theme for today wanted to uh, let everybody know that we were going to be talking about the people that you cannot over pay for in 2019 um so we're now we're done with the offseason planning drafting rookies the rookie draft has happened a lot of our startups have happened now we want to focus on who we want to target, who is going to make an impact for your fantasy squad for 2019. And um, I thought it would be it would make a lot of sense to bring up the names that we feel like are the studs, the guys that you want to spend a little bit of extra coin on to make sure that they're on your roster and not on somebody else's, the people that are in a different tier amongst themselves and um uh, I've got my list, and um, Matt, I think you took a little bit of a different approach, and um, you've got maybe a couple of names that are on the opposite end of the spectrum that might be overpaid mm-hmm. in 2019. So I think the listeners really want—they've uh, been—they've been looking for some salary cap fantasy football advice for a couple of weeks. So why don't we give it to them um, today? Um, so. I guess we can start with uh, position by position. Number one, the most important would be the quarterback. And um, the name that I wanted to bring up, I'm not shy with my love for this uh, particular uh, quarterback in the NFL, and that's Andrew Luck. Honestly, he's for what Patrick Mahomes has gone for this offseason, I think Andrew Luck is not only a value, but I think he has a shot to be the best quarterback uh, for 2019. They've got him some extra weapons. Jack Doyle is coming back healthy. Uh, they added um, Devin Funches. They added Paris Campbell. And uh, I, re- I really think that um, Andrew Luck has a shot to be the number one fantasy quarterback this season. And 
whatever you got to do to get him on your team. If you need a quarterback, you go do it. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts on Andrew Luck, Matt? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I without Patrick Mahomes last year, and it's easy to say, Andrew Luck's probably the MVP. Um, he was 39 touchdowns last year. I mean, one shy of quietly. I mean, real quietly. Um, threw for like 4,600 yards. And I agree with you. I mean, he, he's had some injury concerns. People were a little nervous. He missed, obviously, all of 17. Um, he only played, I think, half the season in 2015. But when he's been healthy, and if he can stay healthy, and they've put a good offensive line around him now, and a great defense, yeah, I, I don't see how he's not your number one fantasy quarterback this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, when he's healthy and, and he's had a lot of hype around him in his career, I think he's proven that he, on the fantasy side, is a, you know, you can't go wrong. Like you said, if you need a quarterback, if you need to spend some more money on him, don't don't be shy to do it because he's going to be a great return on investment there. Yeah, I want to just mention that he is he is the team. Like that is yes. he is the identity for the Indianapolis Colts. They don't play in a super strong division. They play against the Jags, the Titans, and um, who's who's the other? The Texans. And Foles is there. Uh, there's a crap show in Tennessee, and then you have uh, Deshaun Watson. And There's a crap show in Jacksonville too. Let's not. Nick let's Foles not is, that. is is not is Foles, decent. I'm not, not talking about Foles. Just overall that team, they're they've got players and contract issues, and Doug Marone's not a real coach, and they they're yeah I don't know. Talk about a, a market correction. I, I think they got it last year, and yeah. So yeah, piggybacking on your point, that division is just set up for Andrew Luck to eat all year. Rain bombs nonstop. We got to show the Jacksonville folks some love, though. I mean, no, we don't. Yeah, I mean, they're they're the 2018. We love we love the Jaguar fans that listen to our show. Um, The week we're we're sorry that um, everybody told you and pumped you up last season and told you you're all going to the Super Bowl, and it didn't happen with Blake Bortles. Um, Hopefully, hopefully this season, you know, y'all can. Bounce back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they've got the banner going up this year. 2018 Week 2 Super Bowl champs. They blew out the <laughs> Patriots, and that was it, man. Oh, God. Um, so, it was crazy. Though. I mean, the the Patriots being an AC championship game, and then last year, Week 2, like, if you know anything about the Patriots, like, Week 2, like, and Jacksonville kicked their ass. I mean, that's not, but everyone was, oh, my God, here it is. It's over, and they, I don't know, they won another game after that. I really don't care but man jaguars fans pump the brakes a little bit they they i love you thanks for listening and and you had a fun year the year before you got some characters in that team but man they they weren't even close well that may be the case but andrew luck is still the goat oh Uh, i agree i think that uh regression is coming from mahomes Andrew Luck, if you're going to spend the money on the quarterback, even though he was out with injuries with his shoulder, I think that he is one of the safer plays, and he has the upside. I think he has the floor and the upside. 
which yep. is kind of what you're looking for. So I definitely, I trust him. I don't mind if you spend a little bit more money on him. Um, and uh, is there any other honorable mentions that you want to shout out, Matt, while we're on the quarterback topic before we move on to the running backs? Um, honorable mentions for guys you, you should pay for and, and go get. Yeah. No, let's move on. All right. All right, so running back position. I'm going to talk about uh, the man, the myth, and the legend, Christian McCaffrey. Just like Andrew Luck, he is the offense. It was the Cam Newton show. It's now the Christian McCaffrey show. He's the passing game. He's a running game. He's in the return, <laughs> the return game. Um, he's just a cheat code, man. And, and there really isn't any competition in the backfield. And it's harder and harder to find those guys to that that a whole entire team runs through. You know, Alvin Kamara, he's got Latavius Murray now. He had Mark Ingram. He's been amazing with the amount of touches he gets. But Christian McCaffrey is getting fed, and he has the talent of a guy like Alvin Kamara. And then we have also Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley. Saquon Barkley's offense is not as good, not even close being as good as uh, the offense of Carolina. So I think that Christian McCaffrey has the, has a better touchdown upside. And um, he's got just as much pass-catching prowess as anybody else. So I really, really, really like Christian McCaffrey this year. Even if you have to overpay for a guy like that, it's worth it to have him on your team because I really do think he's a difference maker. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Christian McCaffrey is just a beast. I like how you use the cheat code um, reference. We haven't heard that since um, uh, who was that punt returner for the Chiefs? They used to call the human joystick or the human cheat code. Dante, uh, Dante Hall. Yes. I mean, McCaffrey's that good. He really is. And like you said, he is the offense. And I don't know if you heard this week he came out there asking him about like coming into the year, what his goals are. And he just flat out admitted that he wants to be the first player to have a, or I think the third player to have a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. And he was damn close last year. Yep. So I don't see any reason why he can't. I mean, they feed him everywhere. He's a matchup nightmare when he is receiving, catching the ball out of the backfield. And the kid's just nasty. I think the one thing that would kind of concern me with him is the workload and the exposure for injury. But I mean, that goes for anybody, you know, the injuries, the way they work. So you can't shy away from a guy like that because of that. Um, just in the back of my mind, that's what would my only worry on him. But again, you can't, you can't not go after someone be for that reason. So um, McCaffrey's going to ball out. He's going to eat. And again, defenses in that division are kind of known for being soft and, and kind of weak. Um, you know, the Bucks will see the Falcons, the Saints last year had a good, but they, they're kind of well known for just being a leaky defense. So it sets up for McCaffrey. He's going to have a monster year. And I mean, again, with how young he is, if you're in a dynasty format, I mean, pay him and lock him up and you can't go wrong with that. He yeah, brings up a good point. I know we we're going to talk about this, this at the end of the show, but. Long-term projection 
for guys that like this that are that are you you might have to pay a little more for. Um, let's talk about that. So, like, what's your strategy if you have to pay a guy, let's say, an extra one or two percent over the market value so that you can lock him up, and uh, he's the highest paid player uh, at that position in the league? How how do you manage that with your cap? How do you manage that moving forward? What do you what do you do? Well, I think it, there's a lot of factors there, but if, if you can if you have the ability to lock someone up that you're confident in is going to be a centerpiece of your team and a centerpiece of their NFL team, which if you're talking about someone like this it is, I think you do it. I mean, that's that's kind of the one of the keys to a salary cap in a dynasty league. You got to find the guys you're willing to lock up and pay more for. And if you do that, you can build a team around them. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? Um, so if you're going to reach for someone and pay a lot, I think it has to be someone like that, 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 you know, you're paying a little more for, but you're locking them up, and that's your that's your ride or die. You're, you're centering your team around it. And someone like Christian McCaffrey is a great place to start. I um I I agree. Yeah, if you if you got somebody that's going to make a huge difference in your team and your projected scoring, um, yeah, absolutely, you can lock them up. Uh, the one thing I will say, just to caution everybody, is me personally, I don't really feel comfortable giving a long term contract to a running back. I, yeah, I look I, at, at at position and I look at turnover at position, and it just seems like the running back position. There's players that are popping into the top three, top five every year that kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's great if you hit to you hit on those guys and you have them for a long-term deal and you don't have to pay them, you know, top-end money to do that. Um, if, if you are going to pay a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you know it's going to be you're paying a premium for that guy. I, I don't know if I would lock him up more than a two-year contract personally just because mm-hmm. the running back position you take so much of a beating year after year and there's so much turnover um i i kind of i i get weary of signing those guys up long term i'm okay paying for them if right. my whole roster looks like okay i can compete because i have x y and z in place and i can afford it i don't but I don't necessarily want to lock him up for more than two years at, at the running back position, so maybe I'm a little bit different no i that's um, a good point and I mean the shelf life you know in the real n f l the shelf life for running backs i mean there's no secret that it's not it's not big i mean their lifespan in the n f l is short, and yeah, I agree you don't want to go crazy and, and lock them up four or five years and, and put yourself in a, a bad spot a couple of years down the road, but there's nothing wrong with a two year deal, three maybe max, um, like you said, just because of what history has told us about running back position in the NFL um, and dynasty in general. Um, yeah, you can't you, you can't get it's a fine line because you get excited, you find a guy and you can actually like that can turn your whole team around. But if you give yourself a window of two years, that's a long time in the in the fantasy football world. So, you know, you, you lock them up two years. You might say, oh, my God, I, then I'm going to lose them. Well, you run into tags, trades. There's always value there if he's that good. So 
But what you don't want is to lock them up for five years and after two years he's toxic and you can't get rid of him and you're paying him and now your window's shut and you're it's a lot harder to you know rebuild and, and with a bad contract like that than it is to lose him you're already kind of a good team and got a good team around him to replace him because like you said the running back position there's always new up-and-comers there's always young guys there's always injuries so yeah i think at most someone like that three-year deal yeah and you're you're really you're exposing yourself to a lot of risk because you're investing so much of your cap space into one particular asset mm-hmm. and um it, you almost got to treat it like where, a business, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, do I want to put all my eggs in this basket or do I want to diversify and do I want to, so that's why we're doing this episode. We're, we're identifying, helping you guys identify the one player at each position that we feel like is worth the investment to get that top tier player. And everybody's team is in different scenarios and the salary cap league is awesome because you, you kind of know going into it every single year, what positions you you're pretty safe at, what you've got value at. And then you've got to identify the players that you want to aggressively target in free agency to make your team a little bit better. So if you're on the cusp of making a run and you can lock up a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Andrew Luck, and it makes a difference for your team, overpay for those people like that's what we're saying like it's okay to pay a little bit more to get a guy like that and these are the guys that we feel like have a high floor and a high ceiling and are worth the money but long term wise i mean you don't just build your team around two or three of these guys you want to maybe you want to really build your team around value and then you target a guy like a christian mccaffrey or an andrew luck and you pay what you need to pay so that you get just get over the edge like that. But you don't hamper your team and you don't put all your eggs in that one basket because there is injuries. There's suspensions and holdouts and, and all kinds of stuff. So that's a that's a I think that's a really good kind of conversation to have and just make our listeners aware of all the risks that's also associated with these uh, bigger contracts. Um, sure. Do you have any honorable mentions for the running back position? I know I have one. Um, do you, do you have anybody off the top of your head that you want to talk about? Yeah, it's, it's not really, I do, but it's not someone that you're going to have to pay a lot of money for. So, um, kind of a different route, but we'll, we'll save that for, for maybe later because he's not a top end guy. So, um, top end, I think if you're going to go pay, um, it's got to be one of these young running backs that, that still is on the upswing that's on a good team. So McCaffrey, um, Barkley would be the other one. I mean, coming yep. into his second year. I know the Giants are kind of a, a, a dumpster fire here, but like Barkley's it. He's going to get fed. He's going to score. You know, the one thing that's going to worry you about someone like him is, you know, that team's outlook and what the future of that team is. And if he's their only weapon, you know, what's the shelf life there and, and how realistic is it? So um, I think McCaffrey is easily the number one choice there. And, um, you know, other than that, there's really not anyone, you know, that, um, maybe Kamara is like a one, a, or a number two. I mean, he's just so explosive and so good and he's proven it now for a few years outside of that. I mean, outside of McCaffrey, Kamara, maybe Barkley, I don't think there's, there's guys that really fall on that same level. 
And we're, um, we're again, this is salary cap. This is not dynasty. Right. We're talking about guys that are going to produce this year and potentially next year as well and who we want to overpay for. And I think that's those are the names, really, that I was thinking of, too. Barkley was the first name that came to mind, and then Alvin Kamara. They're just both really, really efficient, and the offense runs through them. Um, less so in Alvin Kamara's case, but Saquon Barkley, certainly – he has the he's the focus of the offense, and it's very similar to Christian McCaffrey. You know that they're, they're going to get a workload, and so they're going to give you a really high floor every single week. Um, and that's what you need for a guy that you're paying double maybe what you're paying at the top player at a, another position. And so these are the players that we're, we really think like they're worth the actual investment. So uh, good names to bring up. Why don't we move on to the next position at wide receiver? So the player that I had uh, pegged that you could not overpay for, top of mind, it's Juju Smith-Schuster for me. It's a phenomenal offense, extremely potent. And Juju is taking not only taken over last year uh, with Antonio Brown on the team, but Antonio Brown's gone now. And I don't see that as a negative whatsoever. I see it as an absolute positive. I think he is a great route runner. I think he's got the size, he's got the speed, and he's got the after-catch ability and the toughness to stay on the field every single down and have the passing game run through him. Um, Pittsburgh likes to air it out. That offense is very similar to Kansas City, where they're going to put up points, they're going to put up yards. Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy for me in Pittsburgh. And so if you're going to overpay for a wide receiver, um, I think he's definitely the guy. What are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, he wouldn't be my first choice. Um, I think he's a a good choice, but uh, my first choice, Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans is just still, I don't know how it just seems like no one like he just doesn't get the, the hype or the, the credit, I guess is the word I'm looking for. That, that he deserves i mean he's so good he's so young and you know he has had such a good track record here um of just solid quiet he's kind of quiet solid um almost like a, a poor man's Devonte adams like he doesn't fall into the odell beckham or antonio brown uh category but they're just so solid you plug them in you don't worry about them and that's that um I Mike Evans, I picked up in our new league, the Deuces Wild League, and like he was my number one target. Like that was the, I identified him as the person I was okay overpaying for. I just needed to get him on my roster, um, and I got him. And I didn't, you know, I paid a, a a little much for him, but not in my eyes. It was still an underpayment. Um, so for me, Mike Evans easily is my choice. Yeah, Mike Evans is also a really solid choice. New offensive, uh, basically, scheme coming in with uh, Mm -hmm. Bruce Arians. And, yeah, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are definitely one of those teams that a lot of people are pegging to have the next jump, right? Because they've got a lot of weapons. Um, So they didn't. Yeah, and sorry to cut you off, but, like, they have the weapons, and they didn't hire one of these, like, like they hired a reputable NFL coach, right? Not some like bum that was a special teams coordinator, and it's not 
you know, a third retread of some, you know, outdated coach. I mean, Arians is the real deal. I mean, he's well known he's for, you know, so they're exciting. I, I don't think they're, I don't know, uh, you know, they, they're definitely getting the hype. We'll see. But I think, you know, with someone like Evans, like he's kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad team proof. Like you put him on the worst team in the league and he's still going to throw the stats up because the Bucks have had some rough years since he's been there and he hasn't had a bad year yet. And he shows up, he's missed, I think three, four games, like in his whole career. Um, he's just there, he's consistent and he's going to get it done. So it will be exciting to see, um, you know, if Arians can get that team, get them cooking. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. And the wide receiver, there's a ton of options. Right. And, um, you know, that that's one thing I would, I, I would caution everybody overspending on wide receiver because of the amount of choices. There are, I would say, 15 names that you could see finishing as a uh, wide receiver one. Easy. And it really depends. We're, we're talking about guys you, you're okay overpaying for. Uh, Mike Evans and Juju, I don't feel like you really have to overpay for, but it's okay to spend a couple bucks more to lock them up on your team. Uh, one thing that correlates between the two, they're both young. Uh, they have quarterbacks. And um, they're in, you know, honestly – not the best divisions, I wouldn't say, because of the de- the defenses that that they uh, get to play every single week. Uh, the Browns are getting better. Um, and the Ravens are not the Ravens of old, that's for sure. And um, <clears throat> uh, in Tampa Bay, I mean, you've got uh, the New Orleans Saints, who's like kind of leak like a sieve, and they also have a good offense, so they they all throw. Right. Um, that NFC South is just historically a bad defense division. Yeah. So I would um, I, I would agree with your point on Mike Evans. Um, I would just caution everybody overall uh, not to overpay on a wide receiver because there are so many more of them available than there are third-down running backs or quarterbacks that end up throwing a ton and are, are that safe. Um, some honorable mentions for me, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> he is, of course. honestly, he's, he's the best. Um, I would pay more money for DeAndre Hopkins than I would Juju Smith-Schuster, but I think that <clears throat> I, I think that you're not going to necessarily have to pay that much for Juju, and you're going to get similar results. And I think he has just as equal of a floor. So I think he's in the same tier, but he's not getting paid like he's in the same tier. Same with Mike Evans. Kind of like to your point, he's always kind of slept on, um, but he's he's I agree he's he's just as prolific and he's just as talented and the offense runs through him and it's going to be a good offense. So I think those are, those are very good points. I just wanted to mention a couple of the top performers from last year, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen. Um, there's questions with a lot of these guys. Antonio Brown's going to a new offense. Tyreek Hill is going to be suspended for sure, at least the majority of the season. So he's completely off the list for me. Devontae Adams, um, he is still paired with Aaron Rodgers, but he has concussion issues. And he also has uh, very, very, very good defenses to deal with. 
in uh, in that division, especially Chicago. Um, and they're continuing to add weapons to the offense too. So, and you know, so so I, I think there's question marks with a lot of these guys, but um, I think that those are definitely two names at wide receiver that I would um, I, I would definitely encourage you guys to uh, go and and make sure you get them on your team. Yeah, and I think with like what you were saying, wide receiver, there's so much diversity there. Um, shout out to your team name. The mm. um, with running back, like there's only three guys. Like whether you like them, don't like them, believe in them, don't believe in them. Like you can't argue that Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey. That's it. Wide receiver, it's kind of like you you have those those bunch of names we just mentioned. You kind of find your guy, if you will. Whether it's Jones, Beckham, Hopkins, Thomas, Juju, and you, you find, if you want to do that, you can kind of diversify with your guy. Uh, and then if you pay that high end guy, there are so many ways to fill your roster with receivers in the way the NFL is now. Um, so you can, it's okay to overspend because you can kind of fill out the rest of that roster with, you know, value guys, if you will. Whereas running back, it's like, I don't care what you, think about anyone like there's only those top couple guys receiver you can just you know pick one of those top there's probably seven or eight of them realistically in the one you believe in and, and feel best about um so yeah i think it's the hopkins adams michael thomas juju mike evans antonio brown but like you said try to stay away from one with question marks try to find one with a solid qb solid offense and um I think the the wide receiver the there could we could have said six or seven guys and right agreed on them so I guess that's yeah. my point with the difference between the receiver and and running back play there for your roster for sure let's um let's move on to another position that is also ha- also has that scarcity I need to mention the three guys at running back position let's mm-hmm. talk about the tight end oh I thought you were gonna say this, kicker tight end come on okay. man. Tight end is honestly like that is the position that you can get the biggest edge over your opponents in in any league. The guy for me that I'm okay overpaying for is no shock, and that's Travis Kelsey. Um, they lose Tyreek Hill. You got Patrick Mahomes. You've got a phenomenal offense. You got a great offensive scheme and setup with um, Andy Reid. He's my guy, and um, at tight end, if you can strike gold with one of the guys that ended up being a top three that's basically like having an additional player on your team because most other teams they get a consistent five to ten points a week if they're lucky and if you can pull out a guy like travis kelsey or zach Ertz or george kittle or ebron if they're hitting on all cylinders and you get an additional 10 15 20 points on top of your opponent I mean, it's just, it's, it's a winning combination. So I am absolutely okay with overspending for a guy like Travis Kelsey. I think he's extremely safe. He's got this ceiling and, um, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Whatever you got to pay to get him, I'm that's, I'm okay with it. And that's honestly, I build my, uh, all of my rosters. I build around the, the tight end because they don't, honestly, they don't cost as much as a guy like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey. And they make a bigger impact to me personally. They make a bigger impact than getting somebody like that. So 
that's that's my thoughts. That's my guy. Matt, who do you got? Yeah, he's the only guy, I think. Um, I'm kind of documented as not being on the Kittle and Ertz train. Um, Kelsey's the only guy. If you can go get him, I mean, good luck. You're going to have to A, spend, or if you're trading for him, you're going to probably get rid of half your roster and all your draft picks. But like you said, it's like having an extra player. That's a great point. Um, if you've got that tight end, and they're so... That top three is kind of the consensus top three. He's top one. Like, he's number one. There's no question about it. It's just such a hard position. I mean, other than Kelsey, I mean, throw 15 names in the air, uh, and you can give me, you know, how they're going to finish at the end of the year. Who the hell knows? I mean, there's so much questions across the league for that position. So, yeah, Kelsey's the guy. If you're in a tight end premium, especially, like it's no question that can be the most important spot on your whole roster. If you have a top end guy, you have such an advantage and such a weapon. So Kelsey is obviously, he's got Mahomes. That offense is great. A lot of um, opportunities are going to open up uh, with hunt being gone with Hill, you know, who knows, but I think we can all agree. He's going to be gone for a good period of time. The, the thing that worries me there is, you know, defenses only have one guy to worry about which is kelsey but he's that good where it doesn't really matter kind of like how gronk was you know you can cover gronk with two guys you can cover him with a safety linebacker it doesn't matter like he's gonna get open he's gonna get his touches and and he's gonna he's gonna be there for you so yep kelsey is i think the one and only option for me as far as um tight end goes yeah, I just want to go through the stats from Kelsey last year. There, He only had one week where he did not absolutely crush every, every other yeah. tight end, honestly. Um, tight ends overperform and still kind of compete with Kelsey's stats, but the average um, that he has with, um, I, th- I think his honestly his average is like 26 points in a tight end premium league and you compare that to a guy that had a phenomenal year like jared cook mm-hmm. he had you know two three four point weeks half of the time and he had an awesome year kelsey is just you know he's he's above and beyond what you can expect from a tight end and he's just super consistent um so like to your point in a tight end premium league he's the guy to get um honorable mention I would say Zach Ertz, if um, he doesn't have to um, uh, worry about the concussions, and also Dallas Goddard. I think that um, he's a le- Dallas Goddard is honestly a legitimate threat to take over that role in Philly. And uh, Zach Ertz doesn't have the best injury history, so I'm a little weary of him. But he has the upside of of Travis Kelsey. He just doesn't have the floor, in my opinion. Uh, same with a guy like George Kittle. George Kittle could have a season like Travis Kelsey had because he is consistent and um, San Francisco, they're still searching for options. And if you have Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, um, I think it's going to be a boost over Nick Mullins for sure. And, um, you know, he is, he's, he's, he's a guy that can definitely, um, he can perform up to that tier as well. But these are all people that don't have necessarily the floor of a guy like Travis Kelsey. So, don't spend the money. I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable spending spending that kind of a money on a guy 
that has a very low floor and has a uh, has a lot of risk um, and question marks. Um, maybe not with his talent, but the people around him and the offense in the division. So, what are your thoughts? Do you have any honorable mentions at the tight end position? Not to overpay for no. I think Kelsey is the only guy because I like I said after that. I mean, I could give you ten names and. If we did 10 different ways that they could finish 2 through 11 after Kelsey this year, I don't think any of them would be like a shot. Like, it's such a crap right. shoot. So, right. no, if you're going to overpay for a tight end, it's got to be Kelsey. Um, like you said, with Ertz, maybe is like the only other one for me. I'm not in on Kittle. Um, you know, I, I, I got to see that offense this year. And I've got to see, I just got to see more. I'm not a believer in, in that that deal yet out in san francisco so i think Ertz is the only other you know maybe but for me it's kelsey and nobody else i mean there's cool. i think there's some there's some value guys which we'll get into later in another episode but as far as you know putting all your chips on the table for it's kelsey or nobody so deuce is wild is a best ball league mm-hmm and most players, most people that are listening to the show probably don't play in a best ball league. And that's why I think tight end is such a pain in the ass to have on your roster because yeah. who, who the hell is going to know what happens from week to week with a tight end position? Honestly, if you're outside of guys like Ertz and Kelsey, you're just hoping that they score a touchdown. Yeah. You know, I mean, like... Guys can come up and have flashes, but how frustrating it is is it to pay? Let's we're not let's say we're not talking about um, a salary cap league. We're we're talking about normal draft. Let's say you're paying another three or four round premium to get a guy like Jared Cook or Ebron or even Trey Burton or Jimmy Graham or some shit like this. You plug them into your lineup and they do nothing for you, right. and it happens all the time. I mean, I'm looking at the stats for these players, and I'm I'm seeing two three point weeks in a uh, tight end premium league half the freaking time. Oh, it's that's, killer! It it sucks. Well, and so that's my my world last year. I mean, yeah. I it killed me. And granted, I wasn't going anywhere with my team, but like it's so frustrating because there it's yeah. And, and so here's something for you: if Kelsey, let's say Kelsey didn't exist this year. How many different, if you went 16 weeks, I mean, would it be crazy to say there'd be 10 or 11 different tight end ones week to week? No. Yeah. It's I, in, definitely, I could see five to six. Ten might be a little bit of a stretch, but, I mean, that just goes to show you can't even roster five tight ends. You roster two of them, you feel like, you know, you, you're, yeah. you're pretty much set. But every other week, I mean, who are you going to plug in? I mean, you might have a guy like David Njoku and Kyle Rudolph. You know, you're not guaranteed to really get more than a third of the points that Travis Kelsey and Zach Hurts are going to get right from week to week. So it's a, it's a huge, it's a difference maker position in the offenses, and the NFL might swing another direction in the next couple of years. I'm totally comfortable paying the premium and locking up a guy like Travis Kelsey for three, four years, Matt. Um, yep. You know, it, we talked about it at running back. This is not a position that turns over as much as the running back position does. So I'm, I'm totally cool with locking a guy like that up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, cool. So, I mean, those are the offensive positions. I know you had um, you had generated a list of players that you did not want to overpay for. Do you want to go through that and talk about some of those guys and who you're weary of this season? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my, my biggest one, start with the quarterback up top, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, don't don't buy into the hype on him. Um, he's he's played he started um, ten games in his career, ten games, and everyone's ready to crown him as like the second coming here. So I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but don't. I see a lot of people putting all their eggs in the Jimmy G basket on the quarterback position. I just think it's. There's better options, and until he can prove that he's a starting quarterback in this league, because he hasn't yet. I mean, he hasn't proven that he's a viable starting quarterback, and you have people overpaying for him and and building their QB position and team around him, and I I just don't see it. So that's that's my Jimmy G take. I I think I've been consistent on that. I've never really been a believer in him, and Mm -hmm. until he can show me something... Now, I think the upside, if you can get him and get him cheap, but you can't get him cheap right now. Like his value is, I think he's so overvalued across the board. Um, so it's not even someone that you can like, t- it's weird. I think he's just really right. like, it's kind of fascinating to me how much people value Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe I'm off base on that, but I, I just don't see it. Now, there's enough people projecting him to finish in the top five, six quarterbacks that uh, his price is not going to be where he's really worth the investment. I think right, that you're right. They, that there's what are a they risk. basing that off of? Like, I don't understand it, and I see that. Like, well, his like, first his first season when he got traded, I mean, he was he was lights out. He was very good. The he, he game yeah, he played. He was, but they were playing for nothing, and they didn't play anybody. Like, if you look back at that. He threw seven touchdowns and five picks in those five. But for games. for a quarterback like, is, and for fantasy stats, I mean, what does it really matter? I mean, well, fantasy stats. I don't, I don't seven touchdowns and five a picks. Playoffs, he's playing against a good team or a bad team. All I care right. about is what he's going to put up for my team. I'm I'm cool. Blake Bortles was awesome because he did stuff in garbage time. I mean, for NFL reasons, yes. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and Blake Bortles might might not be the great quarterback, but. We don't care about that in fantasy. Like all, all right, I care so, about stats. Right, so let's go stats. That year he got traded, he played five games. All right, seven touchdowns, five picks. If you average that out to 16 games, what's that, 22 touchdowns and 15 picks? That's Marcus Mariota. Go ahead and have a ball and put, put Marcus Mariota on your team. Like, I don't know. I just don't – I get it. Like, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's about stats. But he hasn't put up stats yet. He hasn't. Like he he played in those games when Brady was suspended. He threw four touchdowns. Ooh, like a big deal. Like and then he got hurt, and then he, you know, he gets traded. He plays five games. He threw, like I said, everyone. I think they kind of overrated it. He was like the the shiny new car, and everyone was like, oh Jimmy G, like finally. And yeah, he it looked good, but if you break down the stats, like he wasn't unbelievable when he that stretch and I think they won all five games like they definitely had right. a spark from him that probably boosted the um, yeah. the impression on people is that oh, oh my like, gosh the San Francisco 49ers are winning games now yeah and like I said I think he's talented I think you know but 
the value for him. I just don't see where it's coming from. I don't understand, you know, it's kind of a facts-based business. And, like, where are the facts to support that he can do this? I mean, that essentially you're valuing a rookie quarterback as a top five, top six quarterback, which I just, when's the last time that happened? Right. So I, I could be way off. I mean, I'm going to die on this sword, but three, four years from now, if he busts out, I'm going to look like a, a, a genius. And, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just don't like where the, give me facts. I need like, I need facts. There isn't really my... enough. Like, honestly, the sample size isn't there. Um, right. He hasn't played enough games to make a judgment either way. I think we're just projecting based on um, a a really limited sample size. I think that's really good to caution people. Do not overpay because I think people are really actually paying for him like a a QB1, a back-end QB1. I think that's good to kind of... Yeah. And again, if his value is like... if he was Would you rather have him or Stafford? I mean, I have to say Stafford after what I've been talking about for the last five minutes. But I think I would rather Stafford. Winston? Would I trade them straight up? I'd take Winston. At least we know Winston can can do it. All right. Nick Foles. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably Foles, honestly, because like, Foles has done it. Like he's He's done it. Jimmy G He's hasn't in big moments. Yeah, and like at least Foles can like we know he can play the position. Like can can Jimmy G like I like I think this year if he plays the whole season like I don't think he's going to end up where everyone's projecting him to and I don't it's crazy cuz and it's it's across the board. Like no one is cautious on him. Everyone is projecting him as this I don't know. I just don't see it. It's not for me. Cool. Well, that I so, mean, it's good that we're kind of putting that out there in the uh, atmosphere that um, we, you know, Matt, you have uh, taken a stand and um, you're not buying into the hype. I think that's good. And it's good to kind of get another take from our listeners, um, you know, for from your perspective so that they are aware of, um, you know, another side to the coin so that they don't mess up in their startups and uh, trades and stuff. Um, would you like to talk about uh, a couple of bonus positions? Because we're, we're kind of jumping into the IDP realm with this Deuces Wild League. Oh, what do you think? You, I thought you meant kickers again. You get me all excited. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, take the IDP. I'm new to IDP, so I'm going to... You're gonna you're gonna drive the bus, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in. But this is my first year with IDP, so I am uh, okay. I need the input. Get, tell me, you tell me. All right, because I, I so, need some help with IDP. I, I like IDP. I mean, we all love football. Yeah, I like the I, right. So yeah, I mean, there there's two sides to the to the um, on on the field. There's the offense and the defense, and IDP is driven by tackles and its opportunities. Um, so. Everything has to be viewed in that lens when you're talking about an IDP uh, IDP player. When you're talking about safety, cornerback position, coverage positions, you do not want to draft or auction um, and get players on your team that are good coverage people because they don't get opportunities, right? Lockdown corners don't get thrown at. So you don't want them on your team. Same with safeties. You want in-the-box safeties. You want guys that are... In a nickel situation, they're down there covering the run and they're getting tackles. 
And the number one guy that is doing everything at the defensive back position is Jamal Adams. He is the man when it comes to the safeties. And he's a rookie. Like, he was tested. And if you want to talk about maybe a sleeper for this year, um, it's going to be uh, the rookie safeties that were drafted really high that are talented, but not necessarily 100% have their feet underneath them. Um, so off the top of my head, I think, um, let's see. I know Jawan Thornhill from uh, Notre Dame is a cornerback that's probably going to be pushed a lot because DeAndre Baker was also drafted by the um, by the uh, by the Giants. Um, so tackle wise, he's going to be up there. But uh, let's t- let's look real quick. Um, so bad teams, bad uh, teams that get thrown against a lot. Um, they are going to, uh, you're going to have opportunities in the secondary. So Jamal Adams is uh, definitely going to fall into that category. Um, he's the guy for me. He's young. He's healthy. Uh, he plays in a division where, um, uh, especially with the Patriots, is that he's going to have a lot, a lot of opportunity to um, make some tackles. And um, <clears throat> he's the guy that's honestly is safest to me at the defensive back position. And um, there's there's other players, other younger players, and that's kind of what this um, goes around to. Like uh, Derwin James, he was a rookie last year uh, for the Chargers. You've got uh, Jesse Bates, Sean Williams, Antoine Bethea, John Johnson, Sean Williams with uh, Cincinnati, Malcolm Jenkins with Philly, Haha Clinton Dix, who's um, who was a free agent at the end of the year. And who did he sign with? He signed with uh, Green Bay, right? No, didn't he sign with the Redskins? No, 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 no. No, he, he was drafted by the Redskins. No, he was... Haha Clinton Dix was drafted by the Packers. And I think he just signed... He didn't sign with the Redskins. I thought he did. He was he was traded to the Redskins. He was traded. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. But he didn't sign with them. I think he signed with uh, Chicago. You're right. Yeah, just look. He did sign with Chicago. Okay, wow. so Jamal Adams is the guy for me. <clears throat> um, he's He gets big plays. He gets tackles. So if you're in a league that rewards interceptions and sacks and that kind of thing, Jamal Adams is just all over the field. He's so, a beast. Well, you're the IDP, you're saying you need a – it's tackles. That's where you're looking. That's the consistency. Like yep. You can't count on an interception or a sack right. or a tackle for loss or fumbles. There's guys that are going to get that, but they skew the numbers. Right. It's like, you know, if you want to look at yards with offensive players. Mm-hmm. And um, touchdowns are somewhat predictable if they are in that, in that specific role in the offense. But on a defense, you want to look at guys that are going to get the most opportunity. And that's going to be in-the-box safeties, linebackers, and it's going to be uh, and- defensive linemen. So you could, and again, I might be off base, but it sounds like you could find some value with guys on bad defenses. Yes, because the opportunities are going to be, yeah, going to be there. Yep. Do so you look at a guy like um, uh, I think it was Joe Schobert with uh, Cleveland? Um, he was on the field all the damn time in the last couple of years with with them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a uh, honestly, but we're talking about guys that you cannot overpay for. That's like the one guy I think at the safety position that um, I would be comfortable with. And most IDP leagues, they have uh, 
a DB slot instead of a um, cornerback safety slot. So mm-hmm. I would I would go for them. I would also, if you want to value play for cornerbacks, I'll go for the high drafted rookie cornerbacks. Number one, they have to be on the field, and two, they've got decent talent, and they're going to get opportunity because they're unproven. Yeah, they're going to so, get tested. Yeah, last year I drafted Denzel Ward in a couple of leagues because he was a high-drafted cornerback, and he was a beast. He was tested all the time. He got several picks. He won me a couple weeks, actually, with Cleveland. So um, guys like that I would target. But um, Jamal Adams at the DB slot, that's my guy. Nice. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, The next position would be linebacker, and it's uh, pretty clear. Darius Leonard, um, he... (laughs) He's amazing for the Colts um, and also Luke Heakley. Luke Heakley has just been steady Eddie, uh, super, super, super high floor player. Uh, Darius Leonard came out of not really nowhere, but I mean, nobody really pegged him as a top um, IDP player. It's what's what happens is the Colts funnel tack, tackles to him and um, they it, it really is dependent on how good the defensive line is and how good coverage is to allow him to roam free. Um, sometimes teams don't have a solid defensive line, and um, you get offensive linemen that trickle up to the linebacker position, and they block out the linebackers. So they don't necessarily have an opportunity to make the tackles or make um, or make coverage plays in space, but Darius Leonard, Leonard has been freed up, and um, he's he's making plays all over the place. So... He's the guy. Luke Keekley is um, kind of my honorable mention. Um, <clears throat> do you, I, I know you're kind of new to IDP, but do you have any like anybody that you've uh, read or heard of um, that you want to talk about in the linebacker space or the defensive back space? Yeah, it's tough for me because I, you know, you, you kind of you can't help but funnel those big names like Keekley. Khalil Mack, like you just you can't help but to do that for me. Um, so I was kind of like in our startup for Deuces Wild, I was kind of lost when it came to IDP. So I just tried to diversify and you know load up some linebackers with guys that you know had good track records of tackles because I, I knew that tackles was kind of a big deal. Um, so I, I went after, you know, just a, a variety of linebackers that, you know, I can diversify with um, in safety the same way. But no, there's really no, I don't know enough to say, like, to tell you who I targeted or, or who I stayed away from. Because I honestly was just trying to spread it out and kind of load up on the line, on the linebacker and on the back end. And we'll see how it goes. I'm... uh I, I don't know. It could go one of two ways for me, I think. But I, I think I, and you know me, my strategy with, with, you know, kind of salary cap and dynasty leagues, I don't tend to like to overreach for guys. So it was kind of a, um, it fit into my strategy anyways, and, and we'll see how it works out. That makes sense. You know, um, I think a, a lot of pl- people do look at uh, the stats and the consistency for players mm-hmm. uh, the year prior and uh, base their 
kind of their um, what they want to pay off of that, and that's a safe way to approach it. You just want to um, avoid in the linebacker position. You want to avoid guys that get their stats boosted by big plays because they're not really repeatable. So guys right. like um, Von Miller and JJ Watt, if he gets put into the outside linebacker position, Preston Smith, that kind of thing. You want to get guys that are at the middle linebacker and the will linebacker position and also the weak side linebacker in a, in a 3-4 um, because they're going to have the most opportunity to uh, make tackles um, on running plays and also coverage. Um, let's go to defensive line, and my guy is going to be Aaron Donald. He is, <clears throat> no joke, he is like the number one dude that you want to uh, have on the defensive line. Um, he's extremely consistent. He's got, uh, people and talent around him and, um, he's got a good offense. So this is, this is totally different from the strategy that you want to talk about with safeties and linebackers, defensive line, people that, uh, get sacks. You want to look at, you want to look at that with the defensive line, not necessarily just tackles. You want to look at tackles for loss and big plays on the defensive line. And um, the reason why Aaron Donald is so good is because his offense is really good and people are playing from behind against the Rams all the time. So Aaron Donald has an opportunity to rush the passer a lot. Um, and so that's why he's 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 pretty much the the top echelon. He's in a tier of itself. Um, a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles, uh, very high floor. He's the guy that if you're going to overpay, if you're new to IDP and you just want to have a safe guy to plug in week to week he's the guy that's a great point about the having a good offense and some people probably you know what's a good offense matter for idp but you're right because the rams are a fast offense they get out to leads a lot and he can just pin his ears back and yep rush the passer and when he does that he there's no one better than him so yeah that's a good point cool well i mean that that was just kind of a a bonus but yeah. You know, you guys got some free IDP sense. advice on here. Yeah, it's 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 honestly it's like I'm I'm new to it too, but you know, we all um uh we want to share what we what we're learning along in the process and um it it totally makes sense for guys like that that um that they have a huge difference on your scoring every single week to uh pay him a little bit of a premium and Aaron Donald's definitely one of those guys. So um Cool. Well, I mean, we haven't we haven't done this for what three weeks? It's been yeah, so I we, think three or four weeks. Yeah. So we 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 finally got together. I mean, I know it's the off season. There's not a ton to talk about, but at least we're giving the listeners something to um, enjoy. I know we're we're going to be looking forward to getting together next time on the Fan- Fantasy Salary Captains podcast. Um, definitely, you guys uh, hit us up on Twitter on our email as well with any questions or comments. Uh, definitely give us a review if you have an opportunity. I don't know if you guys have uh, maybe listened to a couple episodes. If you feel like we're doing a good job, uh, help us out by going on iTunes or Google and giving a review to the podcast. Five stars is definitely appreciated. We put in a good amount of work. Uh, we take time out of our day to um, you know give you guys some free advice. And this is a format that's not really covered as much in the industry as some others. So uh, we definitely appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to us and we will uh, talk to you next time. Thank you so much.